0: California Here I come right back where I started from I'm
1: going back to Cali. Hmm, I don't think so <laughs>
2: WDW
3: Radio, your information station.
4: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host Lou Mangello, and this is show number two hundred thirty for the week of July tenth, two thousand eleven. Disney's D23 Expo, the three-day event taking place in Anaheim, California, in just a few weeks marks the second time the signature event for the Disney's fan community is going to take place. And having attended as both a guest and exhibitor during the first Expo in 2009, I enjoyed one of my best overall experiences as a Disney fan. Well, I'm going back again to this year's Expo, with both a booth on the floor and as an excited enthusiast as well. And so for people going for the first time, or maybe even returning to this year's Expo, and for people who may be watching our live coverage online, this week we have a roundtable discussion with people who were at the Expo in 2009 about preparing for the Expo, what we're hoping to see, tips on getting the most out of the experience, what's new our wish list of what we'd like to see and lots more I'll then have a few announcements before playing some of your voicemails at the end of the show so sit back relax and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show Be sure and visit the website at wdwradio.com for all of our back episodes, show notes, blog, discussion forums, videos, and lots more, including the WDW Radio Store, where you can purchase my Walt Disney World trivia books and audio guides to Walt Disney World. Be sure and subscribe to the show in iTunes, and while you're there, download the free WDW Radio app and the all-new Walt Disney World trivia app with more than 750 multiple-choice questions, descriptive answers, and hundreds of did-you-know facts and figures. Also, be sure and join us live every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for the WDW Newscast live video broadcast and interactive chat, and you can also get together with other Disney fans at our Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World and other Disney events throughout the year. You can find out more over at DisneyMeats.com, And for more information, updates, and to follow along with everything that's going on, you can follow me over on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello. And join the WDW Radio page at Facebook.com slash WDW Radio. Imagine a place where everywhere you went, you were immersed in Disney, from pavilions to exhibits in which every part of the Walt Disney Company was represented. It would include stories of the past, present and future of the Disney Company, celebrity appearances, special screenings, never-before-seen exhibits and lots of special presentations over a number of days and in an environment where you can share those experiences with family and friends and get to meet other Disney fans as well and that was and this year again will be the D23 Expo the single largest gathering of all things Disney and really one of the most unique ways to connect the fans to Disney and to each other the first ever D23 Expo in 2009 attracted literally tens of thousands of Disney fans under one roof of 815,000 square feet of exhibit space over three floors With 87 presentations, panels, and screenings. And of course, it left fans asking if and when there would be one more. And it is coming back because the next D23 Expo, once again at the Anaheim Convention Center, is going to be held next month, August 19th through the 21st. And we will be there once again, both in the booth, in the Collector's Forum, and covering the entire event with, quote-unquote, The Box. As we're going to be live broadcasting as we did during the first expo for all three days. And you can catch our live coverage over at D23ExpoLive.com. And it's interesting because our live coverage last year was something unexpected and allowed people who couldn't come to still actively participate in a unique way. And in all for me, the expo is undoubtedly one of the best overall Disney experiences I ever had, from what I saw to the things we did, the friends I made, And overall, just a great time at the Expo and later on at night in Disneyland. And I think a lot of people shared that sentiment with me. And some of my good friends were there to help create some of those memories. So as we look forward to the next Expo, a lot of listeners have been asking me about how to plan for it or what to expect, even how to approach it. So this week... We're going to take a look at the Expo and try and answer some of those questions. And joining me on the roundtable this week is Mary Jo Collins. She helped out over at the WW Radio booth, really known as the number one celebrity stalker, I mean celebrity fan. Mary Jo, welcome back.
1: Thank you, Lou. It's always a pleasure.
4: (laughs) Also, our good friend Mark Lorenzo, a Walt Disney World Moms panelist, also helped out at the booth. Mark, welcome back, my friend. Howdy, Lou. How are you doing? Awesome as well. Uh, Scott Otis, frequently in the box, but also is out of the box at the Expo, is here on the table as well. Scott, welcome.
3: Hello, everyone. Very honored to be here.
4: It's great to have you. And of course, no roundtable about the Expo would be complete without Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. In 2009, together we joined our booths together. We tore down those walls between the (laughs) booth and this year we're doing it all over again. Dare I say, Becky, bigger and better than ever.
5: definitely bigger and better than ever. I'm very excited about what we've got planned and I can't wait to talk about it. But of course my feet already start hurting just when you think (laughs) the words D23 Expo. So, you know, hopefully a a foot massage is going to be included this year, right?
4: Yeah. So the first uh, tip that we're going to give everybody (laughs) is wear comfortable shoes. That's all you need to know because there is a lot to see. There's a lot to do. um, And yes, there's going to be a lot of walking around it, you know, and, and, You said sort of the operative word is excitement. I think we enjoyed and we're so surprised with the first expo in 2009. And when they announced that it was coming back in 2011, especially over the last couple of months, collectively, we've all gotten so excited because we knew what a great time we've had. They've been sort of doing little things like the Destination D events in between and all sort of ramping up to this grand expo. this summer, uh, starting on August 19th. But I think the toughest part of the first expo, and I think probably a lot of reasons why I'm getting the questions I have, is you didn't know what to expect because Disney had never done anything like this before. You know, the fan communities had done smaller events and meets and gatherings, but nothing sort of that came from the company as part of their first sort of diving into uh, creating this social community with, Uh, the creation of D23 earlier in the year. Did you guys all sort of face that same thing before you came out, not knowing what to expect Uh, Mary Jo ladies first?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, just like this time, I mean, we're every day checking the D23 Expo uh, website, you know, checking to see if there's any new information. And uh, last time really the information trickled down very slowly and, and, similar this time as well. So um, you know, it's just anticipating fun and um, all the great exhibits and pavilions that will be available. I mean, it's just it's mind blowing.
4: Yeah. And it, it's so let me ask you, did that trickling out of information in 2009? And again, we're sort of seeing that as we're recording now in 2011. Mark, do you find that trickling out of information to be sort of a fun tease or do you just wish they would release it all already? So you'd know what to expect when you get there.
2: It kind of is a tease, but um, when they do release it, it's like almost overwhelming because there was so much back to back and a lot of times there was two or three things that I wanted to go to at the same time. And I ended up actually like once the schedule was finalized uh, in PDF form, I actually uh, printed it out, laminated it and brought it with me (laughs) so that I, you know, hopefully wouldn't miss anything. But I mean, you had to make some tough choices at times to what you wanted to see because everything looked so amazing.
4: Yeah, we're going to talk about that as a sort of when you get there and and what it was like in 2009. Scott, was it the same for you? Did you sort of, as the schedule was being released, starting to plan in your head or on paper, as it were, where you're going to go and what you're going to go see? Or did you sort of just go in there and dive right in and then sort of wing it on the fly?
3: Well, after I picked myself off the floor from being so overwhelmed, yeah, I brushed myself off. I took a good look at the schedule and I... Just winged it. So it was pretty tough, but uh, so many exciting things all all happening at once. So, yeah, I was very excited.
4: Yeah, and Becky, you and I had sort of a, a, a unique perspective on this because I was attending both as a fan, and then collectively we were attending as exhibitors. We both had a booth, and again, we did really tear down the wall in between our two booths and created one large booth out of it. So we attended both as Disney fans and as exhibitors, and the the schedule being trickled out and not knowing how many people were coming, a lot of those things made it tough for us to sort of know how right. to prepare. So says the man that shipped back thousands and thousands <laughs> of boxes at the end of the yeah, expo. It- it was definitely a challenge because, as you
5: said, we had no idea what this D23 Expo was going to be. Was it going to be a trade show floor where people just walked around in and, and, you know, a lot of the typical exhibits that you see? Or was it going to be mixed up? Or how, what type of schedule was going to be attached? And so I had to go into it in 2009, figuring that I was going to be anchored to the booth pretty much and being able to go out and see things as they came up. So I didn't really look at the schedule because I didn't want to get myself all excited and find out that I couldn't. Go, which is kind of what happened, (laughs) but it's um, it was definitely a challenge trying to be there as a Disney fan and enjoy everything going on, plus also be an exhibitor as well because it was just so much activity.
4: So, anybody, really feel free to jump in. Was there, did you sort of go in with expectations of 2009? And as I think about this for 2011, that were different, so you sort of expected things to be a certain way. And then we're surprised when you got there, even having the schedule in hand uh, before you got there.
3: Yeah, I I think the big thing for me was the number of people there, Um, the lines that formed for all the different, a lot of the different panels became kind of overwhelming. Um, Basically, another added challenge was to try to, uh, you know, you had picked and choose which ones you were going to see, and then you then there were lines that you may or may not have gotten into the one that you wanted. So there was that issue that I did not uh, expect.
4: The the time management issue seemed to be the biggest challenge for people, again, because of either lines. I know some of the exhibits, uh, some of the presentations started late, ended early, ended late, whatever it might be. So your time management uh, definitely became an issue. Anybody else sort of uh, other than that when you got there was different maybe than what you had expected? I was I it. kind of was oh, sorry excuse me I was kind of
2: amazed at uh, how many kind of big revelations that they did and surprises and things Absolutely. that I wasn't really expecting I mean they announced like a lot of upcoming movies that came out over the last 2 years and there's still some that they announced that are are coming out and there were you know celebrities there there was Disney executives and imagineers I mean just walking around on the floor And we saw John Lasseter just walking around on the floor, thanks to Mojo.
6: (laughs)
5: Well, also, up until the 2009 Expo, Disney really wasn't very um, proactive about sharing a lot of details of things that were up and coming, especially when it came to things in the park. They kind of held them behind the veil a little bit. And that was the first time that they kind of lifted that veil and let us see things um, from artist renderings and other things that were coming. And I thought that was really surprising.
4: Yeah, I think for me one of the biggest surprises, and, and I've gone to, you know, trade shows and stuff before. I think I was pleasantly surprised walking and seeing how the size of uh, the, the again, over three floors, but even the size of the exhibits themselves. That parks and resorts exhibit was huge. I, was I mean amazing. it was far Tremendous. bigger than anything I expected. Right. That
1: was just completely overwhelming. I mean, I've <laughs> thought back many times about how I just kind of ran through that that exhibit and I could just kick myself, but there was just so much going on that, you know, you couldn't sit there and just really soak it all in like the way you would want to normally. Um, You know, like you always say, to slow down and um, enjoy all the details. And it just wasn't possible. But there were Imagineers just, you know, by the boatloads in the Parks and Resort uh, Pavilion that you could just freely talk to about what they'd been working on. It was just, it's mind-blowing.
2: And a lot a lot of the stuff that we saw in the parks and resorts, I mean, we have actually seen over the last couple of years in the parks or in the Disney Dream, some of that technology was actually used in a different form. But the basis
4: was some of the stuff that they showed us at the expo. And I think the word overwhelming is, is the, the, the right word. And I think it's in a good and, and bad sense when you think about it from a planning perspective, it's overwhelming by – how much great stuff you got to experience, the different things you got to see. It's also overwhelming from a, a planning and sort of a, a practical perspective because you had so much to see, so much you wanted to see. Over four days, you walk in there and like your mouth drops open like, what? where do I go first? What do I see first? And how do I make sure I see it all? And do you think that's something that is a, a challenge this year? Or do you think the fact that it's gone from four days to three days How do you think that's going to affect it? Uh, You know, Becky, again, we were sort of tethered to the booth for the most part and walking around with the box. But again, cutting it back from four to three days, do you think that makes it uh, will make it a tougher challenge to try and see everything? Or do you think maybe they're going to scale things back and maybe adjust the schedule a little bit?
5: I'm, I'm thinking that they might go ahead and and just scale it down a little bit to adjust the schedule. I know that they had a lot of feedback that people had difficulty waiting in line, spending a lot of time in those lines, uh, that they could be on the show floor or seeing other exhibits. Um, they had a lot of things that were, uh, scheduled at the exact same time. So it, made people choose where they were going to go. And I know that there was a lot of feedback from people saying that that was not something that they were very um, happy with last time. So I'm I'm thinking maybe they might be scaling it back. I'm hoping in a way so that it is a little bit more free to be able to see the things you want to see.
4: Yeah, you make an interesting point because I don't know when you say scale back, I don't know if they're going to scale back the size of the exhibits or the number of exhibits. Again, they're just starting to release the schedule. We've had a chance to see uh, a little bit of the floor plan, things like the collector's forum, but we don't know really at this point about the size of some of the other exhibits. I think one thing, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, that uh, I liked about what they did last year was they were adjusting on the fly. They were sort of making adjustments to sort of compensate for that. Um, right. Right. And if you're talking about floor space in particular, I do know
5: that um, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like in particular, the archives exhibit
4: might be much bigger. Right. I think, that and, and you also hinted to something that they very much listened to the feedback that was going on, not just during the expo and changing that up along the way, but they definitely listened to the feedback afterwards. And I think you might even see more focus this year on some of the things that the attendees really seem to enjoy. And obviously Based on the crowds and the number of lines for some of the exhibits, some of them were were much larger probably than others. Um, What were some of the highlights for you guys? What were some of the things that really sort of stood out for you that this is the must-see favorite thing that if you've been there before or if this is your first time going, you've got to go see? What do we go? Mark, Scott, Mary Jo, and and Becky, you and I hardly saw anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean the whole experience the collectors forum was
2: pretty amazing i didn't spend too much time there but there was all any kind of disney memorabilia and collectibles you could find there plus exhibits with free things and um, there was a lot of different levels on different floors they were giving away uh free items so that would be my tip is to make sure you bring an extra bag to put all the free stuff <laughs> that you got i think i had a whole bag full of it um, some of them were showcasing like Disney movie rewards, and they were actually showing movies and giving out free movies, and you know, it just things like that. They had an animator there drawing. So there's a lot of stuff that was, you know, off the beaten track that you could go to if you had time uh, to check out, and you could talk to the artists, you know, and things like that. They had book signings and artist signings, and. Plus they had the dream store, which I think I spent way too much money in, but there was so much stuff there that I wanted. I'm going to try to be better this year, but I mean, it's just all stuff that you've never seen before. And some of it's D23 stuff and most of it is. And then there's other collectibles and things like that. So your mouth will just drop when you walk into that store.
3: And for me, I, I tell you, I'll go ahead and leave the the Disney Channel stars show, uh, viewings for for Mojo. But for me, <laughs> the number one thing was certainly the WDW radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that, that was tops. No, uh, I'll take my check, please. No, no. Seriously, there were so many things with the uh, with all the forums and all, uh, even the uh, the big arena um, showcases. Those were pretty amazing. Like the the first one where they actually had the Disney Legends ceremony. That was pretty amazing, where you know Robin Williams actually came up and gave a hilarious speech for everyone. There was that. I mean, plus the Parks and Resorts exhibit. You know, all I mean, there are just too many things to name. So many stars. I, I I can't even tell you what the number one thing was for me.
4: Mary Jo, why do I have a feeling that for you it's going to be stalking John Lasseter outside the expo, getting to meet this one, getting to meet that one? We say that half-jokingly, but was that a big part of it for you? Seeing a lot of the celebrities either up on stage, walking the floor, or even in some of the smaller things. Look, for a lot of us, the old Imagineers, the older generation of Imagineers, are celebrities to us. So getting things like an afternoon with an Imagineering legend is having those people come to this kind of fan event a a big part of it for you
1: oh absolutely i mean this you cannot imagine the number of people that you could just you know walk right up to just standing there i remember walking over to the dream store and dave smith was just kind of hanging out and i was like oh hey 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 uh could you stand right there and let me go get my book right quick (laughs) so you can sign it (laughs) and he just looked at me like uh, crazy fan. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, just opportunities to to walk around and see these people just kind of milling around themselves. I mean, it. you know, Jason Sorrell came by the booth the first day and he's just walking around with the coffee in his hand. So I think they're uh, they're kind of amazed by the exhibition as well. And that makes it a lot of fun.
4: Yeah. And I think one point that you guys all made was something and Becky, you and I can kind of speak to this. I really appreciated the fact, and I liked the fact that this was not just a Disney-sponsored trade show. It was not sort of a Disney exhibit of Disney partners and Disney licenses and aspects of the company, but they did really invite the fans to be in there in the Collector's Forum and show off and share and, yeah, even sell or trade or whatever it is they're aware. So the Collector's Forum definitely was sort of that, you know— grassroots kind of thing where people could come up and meet one another and gave us an opportunity to be a part of this.
5: Yeah, and that was just so fantastic. It was such a unique opportunity, and I'm glad we have it again this year because being able to meet people, being able to uh, see some of the collectibles that come in in there, I could have got in so much trouble if I had cash (laughs) or if I knew where the cash machine was. But another thing that I really enjoyed about the floor was – all of the opportunity to be interactive, like uh, remember the, the volunteers projects that they had mm-hmm. going, that you built right. um, things together. And then, of course, they had the entire setup from the Alice in Wonderland Tea Party, where you could interact with the characters. So there was a lot of opportunity, not just to see things and buy things and, and stalk celebrities, but <laughs> you could also really get involved with a lot of the things that we love so much about Disney.
1: I doubt yeah. Lou remembers anything about the Alice in Wonderland tea party, though.
4: I uh, I actually do. And, <laughs> and that is... Well, I hesitated bringing that up, for actually. For the reason know. that you guys think, but I agree. It was, and for those who maybe weren't there who didn't see it, uh, to promote the, Alice, the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland film, they had a large, basically, set constructed with a giant tea party going on. A fake tea <laughs> party, but there were cupcakes and tea parties and... Alice was there and the Mad Hatter was there and the Red Queen was there and it was all in a very unscripted interactive kind of setup where people could walk by and just sit down and sort of talk with and interact with the characters as if they were right there in the film. And yeah, we had a lot of fun with them, especially with the box and okay, maybe I spent a little bit too much time with the Red Queen, but (laughs) notwithstanding that. A lot of people went over and it was great because it wasn't a – you're right. They weren't trying to sell anything. They weren't trying to do anything. It was just sort of that fun, interactive experience, Becky, that you were talking about.
5: Yeah, and it was all over the place because, of course, we had the uh, the exhibit with Wally that you could go in and see him. And it it was just so refreshing to be able to uh, enjoy the parks and the Disney aspect with not just the, the – that you get in the parks themselves but the movies and the characters. and remember, it was amazing how people would see it on the first day. You were talking about what you didn't expect. People were watching it through the box, and people on the second day actually flew in to come see it once they saw what it was all about. So I thought that that really spoke to um, what they were the the unique uh, offerings that they had at the event.
4: Yeah, and and I want to sort of hit on that later on, and sort of how I think a lot of people maybe didn't come the first year because they didn't know what it was. They didn't know what to expect, and it was Mm -hmm. a very interesting sort of just from a uh, a social media aspect the power of that medium to connect people to the experience so much so that yes they watched on thursday and flew in on friday because they wanted to be a part of that which i I thought was just kind of spoke volumes about um being able to connect them to that i I will tell you that for me a couple of the highlights um sort of in a general sense was yeah the, the parks and resorts pavilion having the artwork there and the the Models, the imagining models that they use for things like Cars Land and the new lands at Hong Kong Disneyland and Aulani, the technology demonstrations that were there. But more importantly than that, it was the fact that the pavilion for parks and resorts was staffed not with spokesmodels, but with uh, actual Imagineers. So um, Imagineers from all different disciplines in Walt Disney Imagineering, were there to have, not not to give presentations, but to have one-on-one conversations. So for those people who don't have the opportunity, here's your chance to get to go and talk with an Imagineer about the exhibits, about stuff that's going on there, about Imagineering in general. I mean, they were very sort of open to be willing to talk about what it is they do, and that for me was a big highlight. The fact that they allowed these people to sort of come out from behind the curtain and meet guests one-on-one. And I saw a lot of people, you know, I was there sort of observing a lot, watching people engage them in conversation, and that, to me, was really great to see. Now, on the other hand, to be able to see very close up, because they weren't sort of in a 4,000-seat arena, those first generation of Imagineers, those legendary Imagineers, Marty Sklar, Exitensio, Alice Davis, Blaine Gibson, Bob Gurr, Don Iwerks. I mean, that's sort of a who's who of... The we-worked-with-Walt imaginary lineup, and to be able to give them an opportunity to come out and meet us, because that, that really was kind of the first time before we started seeing him at things like the Destination D exhibits and answer questions and whatnot, that was huge. Uh, the treasures of the archives and the imaginary exhibits, um, having those items from the archives, again, opened up really for the first time ever and getting a close-up personal look to it, And, again, having Dave Smith and the archivist there was a big deal. And did I mention the Red Queen at the Alice in Wonderland table? <laughs> Sorry. Big highlight. Big oh. highlight. Uh, you know, we're, again, we're, we're trying to figure out as we're going forward things that are, are changing this year and how Disney is going to adapt. There are a couple of things that we do know that are going to be different. And even before you walk into the expo, they changed the ticketing options. Uh, Again, there were always discounts available for D23 members. It's sort of uh, a privilege of membership in D23, but they also introduced something new this year. And, And part of the reason why I wanted to have a few of you guys on was because you did participate in these new sort of upper tier ticket options. They've got two different levels, a sorcerer level and a premier level. And, what i'd love for you guys to go i know one of you has a sorcerer i believe becky you have a premiere and mary joe you have a premiere yes sir all right so uh mary Jo, tell us about what the premiere level was what it gives you what it costs uh because it is an important and why you got it
1: well um it first of all it was five hundred dollars and after, you know, spending some time in the lines that, like Scott was alluding to last time, I really felt like um, one of the high points of this ticket was to have a designated seating in the arena for all the arena presentations. And I'm sorry, but, you know, Disney Legends and the Walt Disney Studios, those presentations were some of the highlights of my life. I mean, it was just phenomenal. So to have a particular seat up front that I know that I'll be able to sit in, I, it was it's going to be worth it. I just know it will be. Um, some of the other things that came with the ticket, um, I believe there is a, a reception area that we can go to and hang out with maybe refreshments. I'm not sure. Um, I believe there's some kind of little book or scrapbook or something they're going to give us, Um Help me out, uh, Becky.
5: Yeah, there's a there's – a, uh, let's see. They give you the reserve seating at the presentations, the premier lounge with a concierge and complimentary refreshments. There's a D23 Expo autograph book. And okay. the premier also has the a, a premier package gift bag, which who knows what that's going to be. And, right. and I'm kind of the same way. I, I wanted to go with that because of the reserve seating. The first of that year in 2009 when I would break away from the booth and hope that I could get in the very back to one of the presentations because I did – did not have the time to wait in the lines. um, You would get up there and all of a sudden they would say, I'm sorry, you know, there's no more seating available. So for the reason I went for this is I was thinking this may allow me the ability to go and actually see one of the presentations with the reserved seating. But not only that, another thing that I found that was a little negative for me last time was the shopping. Um, it was very difficult to spend time in the Dream Store because, again, trying to man the booth and trying to be a fan and see things, it was, a, it was hard to do. So um, this ticket also gives you the ability to uh, participate in the RSP program
4: and then, of course, do some, uh, some pre-shopping as well. RSP, for people that don't know, is a random selection process. You can sort of pre-order your merchandise. You're sort of given a catalog ahead of time. Is that right? Yes, exactly. There's three different options
5: to be able to shop, and the RSP is one of them for the random selection process. You can also uh, get in on um, some of the – I'm trying to find the exact word. The, there's a special order order mer- merchandise opportunity that you can do, and, of course, advance orders for the Dream Store merchandise.
4: Right, and something else uh, – so, Scott, there's also the uh – the other level is a sorcerer level. And this was a, a very, very limited number. Was there, was there only 50 or so sorcerer tickets? 50 or 100? I
3: can't remember. 50. I believe there was
1: only yeah, 50. Yeah, we only
4: 50. 50. Tell us what the sorcerer package gives you above the premiere, the cost of it, and again, for you, why that was important to you having gone in 2009.
3: The cost, I cannot remember, and I choose not to remember because it was kind of pricey. I did have the advantage of a little assistance from my mother-in-law, so uh, it was actually $1,000. Oh, excuse me, I'm having a heart attack right now. Okay. <laughs> so
4: is your mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> but what does that give you, and what what, what yes. made that jump so important to you?
3: Well, okay, I will tell you, uh, it gives you all of the benefits in the Premier package, but also there's also a private tour and a reception uh, of the treasures of the Disney archives exhibit the night before the expo opens there's a an exclusive hard hat tour of the show floor prior to opening it's kind of interesting there's a limited edition artwork signed by Disney artist Dave Pacheco I think Pacheco there's and this is the the key, key thing for me there's reserved seating at all the presentations and the panels every single one of them so uh, that's, there's that, there's a voucher for an appointment with an on-site massage therapist.
5: <laughs> I get that one, right? Hopefully that'll be for the
3: feet because uh, <laughs> I definitely need that. But here's the real reason I got it. There's a hardbound collectible D23 Expo guidebook and everyone knows that I'm a big collector of Disney <laughs> books. And so that's why I did it.
4: Yeah. And, and even at that price point, uh, which look, admittedly is a lot for something like yeah. this when the, when the. Entry point is is certainly much lower, uh, especially when you were able to buy tickets a year in advance uh, for D23 members. Um, But those all sold out, and they sold out very, very quickly. Very quickly, yes. Mm -hmm. And really
3: the true reason that I got it is because I remember the lines last year or um, two years ago, and I didn't want to be restricted by that. I wanted to be able to see any presentation that I wanted Regardless, and so instead of having to wait in any lines, this gives me access to every single uh, presentation uh, that I that I want.
4: So yeah, and I want to I want to talk yeah. about those lines a, a little bit more. But two other things that um, are notable that are new this year is that uh, on the first day, on Friday night, from six to seven thirty, they're going to have the ultimate Disney trivia tournament. And oh, yeah. they're going to crown the ultimate Disney trivia champion. Scott Otis, I, I assume that you are, uh, you're interrupting because you are planning on jumping in on that.
3: I'm planning on jumping in on that, but I also need to assist the the guy who's chiseling my name into the trophy right now. I just got to make sure he's (laughs)
4: right, there. Um, Listen, we (laughs) saw sort of a a preliminary round during Destination D in Walt Disney World. There's some stiff competition out there because those guys absolutely. When I saw that,
3: I realized, yeah, I might be able to get one or two rounds in, but I will by no means
4: completely. And for by the- chiseling, maybe you mean writing it in pencil on removable <laughs> tape. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. The <laughs> other thing um, that I thought was interesting, and we were talking about some of the perks that you have with those ticket options, I- I've also talked about the sense of community that I think Disney is trying to uh, do with these events, with the Expo. They now have the D23 Charter Member Lounge. And if you are a charter member, if you join the the fan club in the first year, you have uh, access to this Charter Lounge so you can relax, you can mingle with other Charter members, there are quote-unquote special surprises from the Walt Disney Mm -hmm. Archives Uh, you know, maybe quote-unquote finally for some people, it's a perk for being an original member of the club, obviously you cannot join now and be a Charter member Um, so as long as you have your current D23 membership card with Charter member listed on it, you have access to this member lounge and I don't look at this as an exclusionary type of thing. I think of it more of an inclusionary type of thing for those people who jumped on board and were D twenty three charter members. Do you guys like this idea at all? Sort of having this special lounge.
3: I think it's great. I
1: think it's great.
4: Were you like, all D twenty three charter members? <clears throat> yes.
1: I'm a, I, day, day one member.
2: I'm a yep. day one member.
1: Woo-hoo. So
2: am I. you too.
4: Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, interesting that they uh, that they added that this year. Um, you know, one thing I, I wanted to, and, and throughout this conversation, I'm going to throw in some of these questions that I've gotten from listeners. Uh, we're talking about a lot of these different things, and all the different sort of aspects of the company are represented. And I think last year we saw, almost on a day-to-day basis, different crowds coming in. You know, when the Disney Channel stars were there, you had a much younger teen, tween crowd coming in. Uh, there was a different type of crowd for the archives and the Imagineers. One question I get a lot is, who does the Expo appeal to? You know, is it only for the hardcore fans? Is it only for Disneyland fans because it's in Anaheim? Uh, I think actually both North American parks are represented well. Is it for families? You know, can or should people bring their kids? Now, you know, Mary Jo, uh, Mark and I, we all have kids, although we're not bringing them with us. (laughs) Would you or could you bring your families to the Expo?
1: I think absolutely. I mean, there's opportunities for all ages. Um, Now, whether they would be able to handle it for three days straight, that may be another thing. But I'd say, you know, for two or three hours a day, I think even like a five-year-old would enjoy it. Mm -hmm. There was lots of exhibits on the show floor. The Consumer Products Pavilion had a lot of things that were geared toward children that I think they would have completely been immersed in. Um, Now, like you mentioned, the Disney Channel presentation this year, Step It Up will be there, the cast of that show. And, you know, it's more of an appeal to maybe like 7 to 12. Um, So, yes, certainly my kids would certainly would enjoy that if I were to take them.
4: (laughs) Right. And so, Mark, where do you think that entry point is? I mean, is a five-year-old going to enjoy being there all day long. Is there something that a five, six, maybe seven year old would get out of it? Or do you think that's sort of entry point for them to really enjoy the expo as opposed to being there in a stroller? Uh, not that a five year old is in a stroller, but you know what I'm talking about? Where is that sort of threshold for you?
2: Well, I think there's something there for everyone. But, I mean, like Mary Jo said, it's the amount of time. I mean, there was kids' activities. They were coloring and making crafts and stuff like that. So if you came, like, with a spouse or sitting of another that maybe could take the kids to Disneyland, you know, and you were more into going to the seminars and stuff like that, I think the seminars would be boring for, you know, younger kids, younger than teenagers that weren't into Disney. But I think the real cutoff point is the tweens. And then teenagers, they would just want nuts over the Disney Channel stars and the Radio Disney. and
1: Right.
2: You know, they would be there all day just listening and playing, dancing. You know, there was right. a lot of stuff for that, them to do that age. Yeah. I'm I, not I, ready I, to bring my son yet, but, uh, you know, because he asked me to come this year, and I'm like, well, you know, I think he, would, he wouldn't be able to keep up with me, and he wouldn't like to go to the seminars. So, and I couldn't really let him go off to Disneyland
4: on himself by himself. So. Right. And I think that's an important point that i want to make for people who are coming for the first time and this is not a bad thing but it is a long 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 yes. day and night uh the show floor probably opens maybe what around uh nine o'clock or so we'll say maybe 9 a.m but it goes most evenings until the evening so as of right now with the schedule that we see uh on friday there's the ultimate disney trivia tournament which goes till 7 30 uh, the next night, the D23 Expo live auction goes until 9.30. We don't know uh, on Sunday how late that's going to go. Right now, the Disney Channel stuff is going till 4 o'clock. That's sort of the only schedule we have. But it is a long, long day with, yeah, a lot of standing asked, and a lot of walking.
3: Last time, they actually opened the, the show floor up one hour early for D23 members, if you may remember that.
4: Right, right. So there are things going on Expo-wise until – at least you're seeing 9.30 at night. And then, oh, by the way, it just happens to be right next door to Disneyland in case you're <laughs> looking for something. And, I mean, look, we did that a couple of nights, and I think I almost fell asleep at the t- – where were we? The Blue Bayou or uh... – Yeah.
3: <laughs> look, I'm going to be honest with you. The entire four days last time during the, the exhibits from 8 a.m. till – 5 p.m. on any of the four days. I did not take care of myself very well because there was so much. I never took time to have lunch. So if that's possible for me, you know, that's certainly possible for anyone else.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of what I would give to people is make sure you eat. I mean, because you're so yes. involved in everything, you forget about it. Sometimes it'd be two or three o'clock and you realize that you'd eaten breakfast at six and you hadn't eaten anything.
5: You know, See, that's- it was. And that's exactly why I was hoping that they'd scale something back a little bit, just so that you do have a few minutes to sit down, have some water,
3: I, I think eat. They must be scaling it down for, for that reason. Another thing is that uh, as great as it was last time and as much feedback and you know amazing things that were going live and everybody was excited about that, I think all, a lot of people who didn't attend the last one are kind of excited about this one and are now going to show up uh, based on hearing what well,
4: it was- yeah. And just going to that uh, topic of, of food, there are a number of concession stands there uh, throughout the yes. show floor that serve a variety of different type of food. Um, there's obviously no you know, table service restaurant there, but there are places to eat along the way. And yeah, that's a really good point. You need to sort of fuel yourself because otherwise you're going to be exhausted by the time the afternoon comes around.
2: And I was. <laughs> mm-hmm. and the other the other thing is there was long lines for the food that was there too. So I mean, you almost had to time it when there you know, when everybody wasn't going to eat too.
4: Yeah, and obviously, you know, time management seems to be the key. So the as fast as Disney releases its schedule and we get really uh, an hour by hour listing of what's going on, it is a good idea to look ahead of time, even if it's the night before, and sort of try and map out your day. And again, even if it means keeping a granola bar in your pocket or your backpack, uh, right. which you should bring, because you're right, there is going to be a lot of stuff you're going to take with you home.
3: And so, I think it's pretty obvious based on what we said. But for those folks who attended any of the two destination D's but didn't go to the last expo, you know, the destination D, everything was happening in one room, and so it was very easy to see everything. The D23 Expo is completely different. That there are things going on in several different rooms all at once, and you will have to, you know, manage, pick and choose. Absolutely. You know, one
4: other other, um, thing I wanted to mention, which was noticeably absent because of the timing from the first expo, but a lot of people are very, very excited and I think is actually going to bring in potentially, even if it's for the day, uh, obviously Disney acquired Marvel Comics um, around the time of the first expo. uh, They are going to have a presence. There's going to be a presentation on Sunday, I believe, in the arena about the evolution of marvel going back to 1939 uh we know that they are going to have a presence on the show floor and i think that's going to be really interesting to see if uh, because they are not going to be at comic-con they're not going to be at san diego comic-con they are going to be at the expo is that potentially going to bring in a new series of disney slash marvel fans comic book fans how is that going to affect it and what uh what is marvel's presence going to be there
3: I think it very well might. You know, there is a pretty, you know, there's an arena presentation, as you mentioned, from 10 to 1130 on the Sunday that we'll be talking all about that. And so, yeah, that's, that's something that's going to be new. And they certainly have quite a fan base. So it certainly could uh, impact the, the type of fan that might show up to that.
2: And I guarantee you're going to see a lot of people in Marvel costumes, superhero costumes. <laughs> there was a lot of. Walking around in different costumes. That's right. The expo. It was kind of that kind of added to the whole effect of the expo, which is really cool because you get to talk to the people. And we had stormtroopers. We had yeah somebody that we will not mention come by a couple
4: times. <laughs> they were people in costume, but yeah, but that's no, what it is. Wait, wait, it very wait, much I, is I... a social, fun fan community event. If you are a Star Trek person or a whatever, you know, it's that same kind of feel, and it's very much a, a fun environment like that.
5: I'm going to not be disappointed if Thor shows up. Just saying.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And the nice thing, too, is that, and I think we saw this last time, because of the time. Remember last time, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Not everybody could take off Thursday and Friday. So uh, you saw different crowds and different people coming in Saturday and Sunday. Obviously, you can buy individual day admission. So uh, the early bird and advance tickets are, are, are no longer available but at the day of the expo, so if you live in the Southern California area, you can come there. If you're a D23 member, a one-day ticket is $40. If you're not, it's 47 For kids, it's a 32 or 37 Or you can still buy a three-day pass for 115 or 136 So I'm wondering if that Sunday for the Marvel stuff, are you going to get people who are going to pay the, the $40 or $50 to come in for a single day? And I think you're right. I think we, we are going to see that very much so.
5: Especially if they're not at Comic Con, that's a, a huge thing down for the San Diego area. So I think that's really going to be a draw. Yeah, yeah what's we were...
3: interesting is that that same day is the Disney Channel presentation. So you're going to see maybe a combination of Marvel fans and those that are big fans of the Disney Channel stars, and screaming
2: Just... tweens.
4: <laughs> yeah, Scott, you're going to have a lot of conflict. Do you go with the comic, you know, the comic <laughs> fanboy, or do you go to, to scream for Demi yeah. Lovato, whatever it might be? Uh, We talk about families coming. Another question that I get a lot from people is, hey, I'm thinking about going alone. And Becky, you and I get this question all the time about visiting Walt Disney World. Can I go solo? To a certain degree, you can and you should go solo because you really have the opportunity to do what you want when you want, uh, you know, go where you want to go. And if you want to make and meet friends, I promise you, you will do that here.
5: Yeah, you're not going to have any lack of friends on the floor here if you're a Disney fan. There's so many communities that are involved in the expo. And, of course, if you're a charter member, being able to go into that lounge and mingle with folks, um, going to even when you're standing in those lines that we have kind of uh, taken a negative turn towards, you have an opportunity to meet people and talk to people and and, and share your experience. So I think that if you're thinking about going solo, if you have any apprehension, don't. Come on down. It really will give a, a great opportunity for you to meet people.
3: Plus, there will be a lot of people that will be at the WDW Radio slash MEI Mouse fan travel booth. That you can, <laughs> absolutely. And that was like a like party central, if you may recall. Yeah, yeah
4: and, and we should we should talk about that. We should talk about our presence at the expo because again, <laughs> I had such a great time both as an attendee as as an, as an exhibitor in the collectors forum. And again, this collectors forum gives fans and those people who either have, whether it's a website or a blog or a podcast or uh, maybe it's an animation store or whatever it might be, a chance to be a part of that and meet other people. And, and that's what we did. And last year, Becky, we, we took our booths and we joined them together. Uh, we are going to be back again this year. Um, we have a lot of things planned that, yes, are going to be bigger and better that we you know, can't really, we don't want to really reveal yet. We can tell you that if you are going to be at the Expo, we are going to give you reasons, plural, to uh-huh. come back throughout the event. Not just every day, but probably multiple times during the day. And we're also adding our own level of interactivity to the booth. And I don't just mean for the free stuff or the hugs from Becky and all of you know, the <laughs> MEI booth <Ooh>. ladies. <laughs> Although those are reason enough to come over.
5: It, it's going to be fun. We've got some pretty exciting things that, that we've got planned, and we're not going to talk too much about it there, Lou. Remember? <laughs>
4: <laughs> you, I but so there, frighten you when I start talking about I, things that we haven't do, revealed.
5: Because, I mean, remember in 2009, when I looked at our booths, and there was that, that wall between us, and when I said, just let's just take this out, you looked at me like I had 14 heads, right? Uh, I, and, I, and I still do. I know. And so when we were talking about this booth experience, each time we have talked about it and done our planning, it ratchets up with more excitement so how many days do we have now between now and the in the expo 39 days 18 hours 49 minutes and 15 seconds we have a lot of work to do buddy we do <laughs> uh, but- it's gonna be exciting and there's gonna be all kinds of opportunities for people to, to come and talk to us and there'll be
4: reasons Right. and rewards, and yeah. it's and not just that i mean it's a great opportunity you know i keep talking about you know for me personally the show is so such a one-way conversation this gives people a chance to come by it gets gives me a chance to meet them and and people to meet each other um, i'm going to be there tim foster from celebrations is going to be there so we really got a lot of cool stuff going on as well. We do have a lot of surprises in store that we will reveal as we start getting closer. But a big aspect of it, uh, for me was not just in and around the booth, but the box. And for those who uh, may be new listeners to the show, uh, when I do live broadcasts, either every Wednesday night, uh, when I do the newscast or from events or from Walt Disney world, whatever it might be, uh, three years ago at one of the Disney events, we sort of accidentally coined the term the box people. You were sort of sitting there in the box of being the computer and we would pick you up and walk you around the exhibit and that was a big part of what we did last year, not just for the people who were watching to be connected to it, but for us getting a chance to engage and interact with the Red Queen and the Disney Channel people and the Lego people and whoever else it might be and talk to them. Uh, We are definitely going to do it again this year and sort of our home base online is going to be at D23ExpoLive.com. That's where you'll be able to watch and chat real time with other Disney fans. Um, we're also going to ask you to start tweet out using the hashtag d 23 live. Trust me, you'll be glad that you did. Um, Becky, can I tell him about the other little box? Uh, Can't, what? Uh. No. Come on. <laughs> oh, really?
5: Seriously? All right. Well, only if you promise that we we hold that other thing because
4: I there's got to be Now I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> um, there are we, we are going to uh, enhance the box people experience um, a- as well. And there's going to um, not only share what's going on. God, you're killing me. Not only share what's going on, on the expo floor, but sort of uh, thank and reward you for being a part of – our experience at the expo as well. How's that for a lawyer non-answer? Not bad. Not bad. And, and for Killers me, I, I do want to say that,
5: that the experience with the box was probably one of the, the best, most fun um, experiences I've had as a Disney fan. Just being able to share everything that we saw and experienced with folks at home. It was just amazing. The only thing that frightened me was when the box
4: disappeared, when I'd look over and somebody took the box and it was gone.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And then we had no idea, so someone had to pull it up really quick somewhere to say, where's the box?
2: (laughs) Mark Lorenzo, (laughs) I think,
4: stole the box. Would that someone be me? (laughs) (laughs) I think I was gone for an hour. That was a a nervous hour for me, just so you know. (laughs) Uh, But Becky, can we tell the people who are going to be there one thing that... um, that collectively we're going to do and, and and have for them if they come by and they participate in some of the things that we're planning? Sure, Lou. I will let you go ahead and give that little why don't, piece why don't, you, why don't you tell everybody what you have in store for them?
5: You mean in terms of what they might
4: be able to walk home with? Yes, Is that but, what you're trying to lose? And to? by walk home you mean potentially fly home. But yes, what they could leave yeah, yeah. the expo <laughs> with if they are there in attendance.
5: Well, this year we are kind of, we got a little bit of a prize bag that we're starting to put together. And one of the, the grand prizes that you'll have to come to the booth for details on how to get this. But we are going to give away a um, six-night trip with tickets and dining to Disney World in a moderate resort. Mm-hmm. For some Great. lucky fan, for up to four people. So
4: a six-night Disney
5: World vacation
4: is so, yeah. going to be up for grabs. Yeah, that um, and again, that trip is sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Scott, order stop making noises because you can't win it, especially since yeah. you live half a mile from Walt Disney World. Yeah, uh, and I got to put out there,
5: my <laughs> team can't. And, and by the way, I'm going to have a very a bunch of team members there as well. And no, guys, I know you're listening. You can't enter.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that and that is just one of the things. And uh, again, it, it's. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, if you are there, please come by the Collector's Forum, at least just to come by and say hi, even if you're not interested in winning the hugs from Becky and or the uh, six-night trip to Walt Disney World.
5: I thought you were – you're doing the
4: kissing booth, right, Lou? Listen, it's going to be a, to be a lonely booth over there for the, for the <laughs> WWE Radio kissing booth. So um, I did want to just sort of quickly talk about sort of the, the pros and cons and maybe things that we are um, – Things that's kind of on, on a wish list for this year's expo. Uh, you know, I mentioned before, uh, for me, the ability to meet and speak with people from the Disney company, the the parks and resorts, having the Imagineers there uh, was a big deal. But as far as in terms of one of the things I walked away with that I thought was a big pro was Disney's on the fly adaptation of what was going on to, uh, to overcome some of the obstacles that they obviously had never been presented with before because they never did something like this. So by Friday morning, they were fixing things that were going wrong on Thursday. So, for example, the Storytellers Theater only had about 400 seats, many, many more people who wanted to see what was going on in there. So they opened up another room and had a simulcast of it. So at least if you couldn't be there in person, you at least were able to watch live what was going on. And I think that was one of the biggest things – that I came away with, that was a pro. I'm I'm certainly sure that they have learned from that and will adapt um, this year. And obviously, that addresses one of the cons, which we all acknowledge, was the lines. You know, the lines were very long, whether it was to the exhibits, the stores, uh, the theaters, whatever it might be. And hopefully, maybe some of the overlap, uh, the difficult. And again, being with the booth and the box, I didn't get to attend a lot of things, but there was a lot of overlap. And you were unfortunately made to choose, you know, I can't be in two places at once. You know, what do I want to go and see? Um, but that may have been one of the things that they can address this year, one of the cons. And maybe even encore presentations. So if it's something that, look, even if it's a presentation like with the Imagineers and you can't go and they tape it and you want to go and just see the content, they can have an encore presentation of that maybe later on in the day when there is a gap in the schedule. So if I was to say I had a wish list for things this year, I would certainly love to see more room for the presentations that Disney obviously sees are going to be the more popular presentations. Repeat screenings, repeat presentations, if at all practical. Obviously, you can't have the Imagineers give three of the exact same presentations uh, throughout the day. I love the theme park stuff. I'd love to see more from the theme parks. And I think part of the reason why there was no Expo in 2010 And they have them every other year. And one thing I think we're all hoping for is that big reveal. something uh, Some sort of big reveal that's going to knock our socks off like they did in 2009. And especially for people who don't pay very close attention to the online communities and the forums. When they revealed things like Fantasyland and Star Tours and and things that are coming to the theme parks. That was a huge deal for people. Um, You know, Muppets, whatever it was. I, I hope and I expect that we're going to get that again. And I have a feeling that maybe we might get something that none of us have heard of before. Mary Jo, one thing, and again, we say jokingly about the autograph hound celebrity stalker borderline craziness, but they are doing something a little bit different this year too um, as far as how they're handling the autograph sessions because that is an important aspect of it to a lot of people.
1: Yes, it is. Um, Last time, I mean, they had it kind of broke up in different ways. I mean, there were individuals that were in the collector forum like Margaret Carey and Eddie Carroll. I know I met both of them. God bless his soul. Um, But they would be selling autographs individually in their booths. Um, But they also had where you can meet certain celebrities out by the radio disney and there would be small lines and they pretty much would cut the lines off i mean maybe after two hundred people i mean they wouldn't be there long at all so that was kind of a con for some people i mean if you really truly wanted to meet Donnie osmond I mean, you had to be there at the second he arrived, or beforehand. So you might would have to cut out of one of the arena presentations in order to make that happen. And honestly, I really didn't even know that that was going to occur. You know, we'd leave the arena and walk out, and the line would already be shut down. So this year, they've uh, decided to have kind of some theme days. On Friday, it's going to be the Marble Day. Saturday is going to be Tron Day, and then Sunday is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean. And those themes are actually related to the autographs that are going to be available on those certain days. So, like on Marble Day, they're going to have Billy D. Williams, um, who Hello, was a star in Star Wars. And um, this is they Disney has um, partnered with a group called Cool Water Productions, and they're at a lot of the the cons, like Comic Con. And they help uh, clienteles um, like Disney uh, kind of manage this autograph process. So so basically, they're going to be charging for some of these autographs. And I guess that's kind of a pro and a con. Um, It's a con because, yes, you have to pay. But it's a pro because I mean if you really, really want to meet somebody, you're probably willing to pay fifteen or twenty dollars to meet that person. Now Billy D is kinda of like the headliner. I th- his is forty dollars, but most of the rest of them range around fifteen to twenty dollars. So um You know, it gives you an opportunity to meet these people, get their autograph, maybe take a picture with them. I don't know if they'll uh, be doing that. But Disney will have limited edition prints and things that will be part of that cost that you just pay for. And then that celebrity will sign it for you.
4: If I give you a can of Colt 45, would you ask him to sign it for me?
1: (laughs) I would. I will. I'm not laughing. (laughs) that, That brings another good point up from last time. Um. I found like um, some of the Imagineers and Disney authors, they will not sign books that you bring from home. So don't think I will bring Scott Otis. Don't bring your whole library. It will (laughs) not be worth it (laughs) because (laughs) when you get to the D23 Expo and say they have an autograph session with an author, you have to buy the book at the store and you have to have your receipt so um they will check that and make sure and that's how you get entry into the line. So just so you know, I I brought like 10 Jason Sorrell books last time and you know, <laughs> they wouldn't let me in the line. Fortunately, Lou introduced me to him. So
4: <laughs> And Jason so I was able to hasn't, get Jason hasn't called me since. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you actually make up um you you bring up another point and again, this is a question that I get um, all the time. And then there really is no answer to where it's like, well, how much money do I need to bring? You know, what's included? What, and there are a lot of opportunities there to purchase merchandise or, or autographs, wherever it might be. Disney does have the dream store. There's a ton of D 23 limited edition merchandise there's, there this year. They've got the, the Toronto rail they're selling a lot of other things as well. Uh, certainly in the collector's forum, there's gonna be a lot of opportunities to purchase there as well. Um, You know, depending on you and your budget, I'd either say bring multiple credit cards or leave your credit cards at home. Um, And (laughs) to to somebody who asked me, yes, there is an ATM uh, machine on site if cash is what you want and or need.
3: Yes, I seem to recall on the very first day of the last expo, we actually just not knowing what to expect, we lined up four hours in advance just to get into the arena presentation line there was this gigantic line and then they opened the doors and it seemed like three-quarters of the people actually went to the merchandise lines to the to that store and so it was like I didn't need to do that but it tells you that a lot of people go there for the exclusive merchandise to get to get whatever they want so because some of it is very limited
4: right and I think that's a, a, a great point is that people are going to come for different reasons and people should come for different reasons, whether it's the trivia contest, the legend ceremony, the the live auction for some of the theme park and animation memorabilia that they're going to auction off, uh, I think on the l- second to last night, on, on Saturday night, they're going to auction that off. There is something there for everybody, everybody for most different age ranges as well. Uh, again, too, I think... Um, I think that the thing that appealed to people that went was the fact that, especially for the first time, it was a great expo. Uh I think people were sort of astounded by what they saw because they'd never done it before. There were a lot of surprises out there. There were celebrity, there was that sense of community as well. Uh you know, there's there's a lot more to it that we could talk about, but if you could leave people who are coming with a tip, uh ladies first, Becky Mary Joe. Scott and Mark, what would be sort of your tip for listeners who are coming to the expo? Where do you st- – comfortable shoes. <laughs> comfortable shoes? That's actually
5: practical shoes. and you know, I, and succinct. You know, I like that. I, I, actually, I, I, the hard part is not having the schedule in front of us because I, I'm, while I'm sitting here going, I re- wish they would scale back only because that's a selfish point because I want to be able to see everything this year. It's all I have about feeling- Becky all the time. I know. Sometimes you just got to go there. But honestly, I don't think that they will. And I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity. But I think pre-planning for those who are very interested in seeing the presentations is going to be very important. So when you get there, get your schedule, take a look at what's available, and then try to plan your day. Line up if you don't have one of the special tickets. Line up for the ones that you absolutely have to see early to make sure you get in.
4: Mary Jo, what about you?
1: That was exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say that, you know, if you're a fan of like Jim Shore or Thomas Kincaid, someone like that, one of the artists or one of the authors, just be ready. Get your book ahead of time, uh, whatever it is that you have to purchase in the dream store. Go get that and get in the line early. Be there, be prepared, and you'll be able to get that. But know also that You may have to give up some other presentation that's occurring upstairs at the same time. Um, There's a lot of give and take with this expo. Uh, Just, you know, we made lots of choices last time. Um, There were some things that I wanted to see, but maybe not as much as something else. So you just make your choices wisely, get the guidebook uh, as soon as you can, and just go through it and pick the things that are most important to you and head that way and get in line.
5: Yeah, and don't, don't miss the MEI travel and… No,
1: you have to go
3: there.
5: Yes, because everybody <laughs> needs to stop by and say hi. That's, that's important. It's actually true.
6: <laughs> <Okay>.
3: <laughs> I, would, I need to uh, reemphasize, yes, definitely wear comfortable shoes priority number one, but I think mine is be willing to adapt because a lot of the times, not only is it possible that you might not get into the presentation that you like, but it's very possible that you might end up seeing something that you didn't expect to see and you want to spend more time doing that. I found I did that a lot, the parks and resorts exhibit. You know, I thought I was just going to run real, real quickly through there because I only had a little bit of time before my presentation, but then I got so engaged in what was going on there. And so I had to, you know, adapt to that and basically kind of shuffle my schedule around. So be willing to adapt to to being you know, amazed or being sidetracked by whatever might happen because there is so much going on there that very well could happen.
2: Great point. Mark? So mine is kind of funny, but uh, bring a notepad and paper and a yeah. pen, a pen, because – A lot of the, uh, and it's on my wish list too, but a lot of the main arena events, you cannot bring your cell phone or camera in. Um, At least last time in 2009, they didn't let you because they were revealing things that were in the future and the first looks and they didn't want people, you know, putting it on YouTube right away. But I I really wish I had something to write down notes, like during the, the sessions where they reveal things in detail so that afterwards I could go out and tweet them. And I was, I'm hoping that maybe this year they'll be a little more lenient, like the legends. I would love to bring, a, you know, my camera in there and take pictures of them, you know, doing the ceremony because they didn't really r- reveal anything during that session. And then what I wouldn't give to have had a camera when Johnny Depp came on the stage.
1: <laughs> I think well, the reason why they didn't allow there. the camera and video in the legends was um, Bob Iger did his presentation before, and then they did the sneak preview of Princess and the Frog. So that was probably more that than the Legends part.
2: But even if you can't bring your cameras in, I would love to have a cell phone so I could tweet and things like
4: that. Right. Yeah, you make a good point. They did actually take away – and not take away, but they put in bags, in numbered bags. They would take your camera and your cell phone, uh, all that kind of stuff. So you couldn't sort of stream or tweet or Facebook or even take pictures in some of the presentations, especially and including the arena presentation. So be prepared for that as well. Yeah, and, and, and that took that took a lot of time, too. I don't know if
2: you remember, but to get your, when going in, to get, you know, your cell phone, whatever, in the bag, and then picking it up after you're done. Yeah,
1: it I was it, pretty much a nightmare. It took a lot
2: of time.
3: That's why I drop my stuff off at the WDW radio booth. <laughs>
4: Wait a minute. That is not a tip. That is not a tip. If you drop it off there, I, you drop popular. it off at your own. Yeah, <laughs> your if you drop pal. it off,
5: we, we might actually tweet for you.
4: So no. iPad 2s. <laughs> just so no, you know, we're looking for some iPad 2s. So if you want to drop yeah. those off, feel free. I,
3: I actually do have another tip that I forgot, and we mentioned this before. Bring snacks because it's very possible you get, get so sidetracked that you completely lose track of time and not have time to – grab a lunch so bring small snacks with you that you can eat on the fly
4: that is actually a great tip and 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 I think sort of the overriding thing is you need to be prepared for this you need to prepare ahead of time I would highly recommend getting there early uh, because the line is going to get very long very early in the morning especially for the first day and be prepared for a lot of walking a lot of waiting a long long day and, and I don't mean that in a bad way it's a long day that's full of great stuff going on and a lot of things to do and a lot of things to see. And yes, but potentially be prepared to maybe not see it all because we don't know how the three-day schedule is uh, is going to play out. So, right. Um, I have
5: one other thing, too, just to interject really quick, is that if some of those arena presentations, which, of course, is a lot of seating in there, does not particularly appeal to you, use that time to go visit the collector's forum or to visit some of the booths on the floor because right. the the show floor is not going to be as busy during that time period, and you might be able to see a
4: lot more during that time. That's right. true. Good Absolutely. point. And to that end, in, not in a in a... Mouse Fan Travel, please come by and visit our booth over in the Collector's <laughs> Forum. Um, come by and say hi. We are going to have a lot of stuff to do there and to see there in addition to uh, a table. Yes, we're going to have you know celebrations and WWE Radio and Mouse Fan's going to be there. But there's going to be a lot of stuff to do. And we want it to be one of those places where people who uh, are part of the community can come by and definitely hang out. Uh, do throughout the day uh, over all three days. Uh, again, if you are unable to make the expo, we want to try and bring as much of it to you as we can. Uh, please stay tuned to Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello. And if you are going to be there or even home, use the hashtag D23ExpoLive. If you go to that website now, you can actually find uh, a few videos that we have from the 2009, just sort of showing some of the fun that we had throughout the expo. Mark Lorenzo actually put, helped me put together uh, a couple of great videos, including an exclusive look inside the treasures of the Walt Disney Archives exhibit. Rob Klein and Dave Smith walked us through by ourselves uh, in a place that no one else was allowed to videotape, a walkthrough of what that exhibit looked like. You can check that out there. That's also where the video is going to be, the chat's going to be, and some of the other stuff that Becky is nervous as I talk, I'm going to reveal, <laughs> is going to be as well. And I want to leave you, the listener, with a couple of questions, and I invite you to please come by wdwradio.com, click on this week's show notes and comment there. Tell us if you're going to the expo. Um, if so, why or, or why not, maybe? Uh, if not, are you planning on watching any part of it live with us, And if you watched last time, if you were a box people person in 2009, what aspects of our coverage did you enjoy the most? What are you looking forward to seeing? And maybe what was your favorite part of the D23 Expo? What else do you hope to see in the 2011 Expo as well? Um, I know we went a little long. I apologize, and we still didn't get to cover all the things that I had hoped to. But I am telling you guys, I, I am super, super excited about this, both as an exhibitor and even more so as a Disney fan and looking forward to seeing old friends and making new ones again. And speaking of old friends, and I don't mean old, as well, some of you. Speaking of friends, Scott Otis, Mark Lorenzo, <laughs> Becky Mankin, and Mary Jo Collins, I want to thank you guys for your help last year at the booth, for coming on the show, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in just under, what is it now, 39 days, something hours? 21
5: hours, 25 minutes and, no, 24 oh, exactly. minutes and 57
4: seconds. Yes, Go. yes. Uh, and certainly for more information, you can visit <laughs> the D23 Expo uh, page uh, on the Disney site. I'll link to that in this week's show notes as well.
3: Very Thanks, Lou. Great seeing you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <Thanks, having everyone. laughs> be there. It's going to be awesome. My fever.
4: My feet already. <laughs> D23 Expo live, baby. Woo-hoo. Oh yeah. Okay, so for those of you who've stayed around this long, the secret that I'm going to reveal at the back in the booth is going to. You? Quiet. What? Oh, <gasps> tell us. I'm oh. tell us on. Nobody's listening. Becky, people tuned out three hours ago. Okay, so what we're going to do? You <laughs> do That's all the time we have for this week's show. Thanks again to all my guests for joining me on the roundtable. I'd love to hear from you about your thoughts about the D23 Expo, if you're going, what you'd like to see, what you might expect, or maybe some tips for those people who are going from you. If you had been to the Expo back in 2009, you can come by this week's show notes at show number 230 over at www.radio.com and leave your comments there. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail line toll-free at 888-703-2171. Or if you have a question you want answered on the show or to me directly, you can email me at lou at A couple of quick reminders. Don't forget the all-new Frontierland Audio Walking Tour is now available on the website and on iTunes. If you like the audio tour, please rate and review it over on iTunes. Again, you can download it directly from the WW Radio store. You can also pre-order the CD, which will be out uh, sometime later in September. While you're on the site, be sure and check out the blog for new content every day, new contests, including Our Homes Went Disney, lots more. There's also details on the blog and on last week's show about the new contest as well. Be sure and join us also every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for the WDW Newscast a live interactive discussion about Walt Disney World news. You can watch me live online and chat with us in the chat room. If you can't make the show live, that's okay. You can check out the show on the blog where you can keep the conversation going on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Radio and I also put the audio only portion into the iTunes feed as well. We're also having a new contest. We're looking for a new logo for the box people and if you watch the live video broadcast. You are a box person, so we're having a logo contest going until Wednesday, February 27th, and the winner not only gets to design the official content, the official box people logo, but wins a three-night stay at a moderate resort in Walt Disney World thanks to our friends and sponsors over at mousefantravel.com. For more information, listen to the July 6th newscast. You can watch it on the blog or listen to it in iTunes. Speaking of Mouse Fan Travel, I want to thank them and all of our other sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel is my official and recommended travel provider. Look, if you're going to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, any type of vacation, they offer you the best possible prices, all the available discounts, and most importantly, an amazing level of personal service that is their hallmark. Check them out over at mousefantravel.com. If you're visiting Walt Disney World, maybe you want your own pool, a little privacy, a spa, your own kitchen, a game room with pool table or video games, large screen TV, multiple master bedrooms, and lots more. Visit our friends over at AllStarVacationHomes.com. And if you want to stay right in the heart of Walt Disney World, one of my favorite places to stay, not just because of the 17 world-class restaurants like Blue Zoo and Shula's, and the lounges and the heavenly beds and the Mandara spa, but all the other Disney benefits and of course the great location located right by Disney's boardwalk in between Epcot and the studios, the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. Great place to stay. Check them out over at swananddolphin.com. Be sure and visit Disneymeets.com for more information about upcoming Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World, more information about the D23 Expo. And don't forget about the WDW Radio Cruise aboard the Disney Dream. Cruise 2.0 is going to take place between November 4th and 8th, 2012, which is Jersey week. For those in the Northeast, you can visit WDWRadioCruise.com for more information and to get a free, no obligation quote. Visit CelebrationsPress.com to subscribe and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine and visit LouMangello.com to find out more about me, private tours of Walt Disney World, speaking opportunities, and lots more. That is going to do it for this week's show. So as always, my friends, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share the link on Facebook or on other Disney forums. And please come by, review the show, the free WWW Radio app, or the new Walt Disney World Trivia app over in iTunes. And remember... To start following your dream and pursue your passion, it's never too late to start. And once you do, always keep moving forward. Thank you again so very much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. So until next time, have a great week, everybody. See ya.
0: Hey Lou, this is Sean from Ohio. We just recently returned from a fantastic vacation at Walt Disney World. Uh, We went down the second week of May. And I've been a long-time listener to your podcast, and I also frequent your website uh, very often. And no matter how much of an expert I think I am concerning Walt Disney World, I always learn something new by listening to your podcast and going to your website. And I want to say thanks. You have a fantastic source of information out there. And I always uh, spend a lot of time listening to your podcast and stuff in between our vacations. Thanks for being a source of information and a friend. Uh, hey Lou, this is Jim Ardwin from Manahawka, New Jersey. Uh, I was just listening to the most recent podcast, and I heard you and Becky discussing and talking about whether or not the uh, the bathrooms in Bay Lake Tower situation was taken care of. And I can confirm that they were. Uh, my wife and I and my two daughters were down in Disney from uh, June 22nd to June 29th, and we stayed at Bay Lake Tower. That's our home resort, and uh, they did fix it in there. Uh, in the kitchenette where the sink originally was, it's sort of like a half and half. So the back half of that is still a countertop with shelves underneath and a mirror. And then it's just a flat wall and then you go into the bathroom and the vanity is now in the front half. So it looks a little more cut up. Uh, I guess it solved the problem of getting the sink out of the kitchenette or the, the bathroom, you know, put all the bathroom together, but that's all fixed. But, uh, Keep up the great work, and uh, just wanted to let you know and confirm that that has been taken care of. Talk to you later. Bye.
7: Hey, Lou. It's Mike Scabetta. I'm on my way to Disney right now, and um, I'm listening to your Q&A with Becky, and uh, St- Stephen was talking about retiring to Walt Disney World. And as you guys know, I'm pr- uh, currently a concierge up at the Boardwalk Lounge, but my father-in-law moved down about six years ago, And at the age of 71, said to me, Michael, help me get a job at Walt Disney World. I said, sure, Pops, where do you want to work? He said, at the golf course. And I told him, I said, you know, Pops, all the old guys want to work at a golf course. I said, and it's going to be difficult, but let's do this. I had my daughter take him to the casting center to make sure he got something comfortable, something indoors, something where he wasn't exposed to a lot of sunlight, well, I mean, for an older gentleman. So my daughter took care of him, and he got his foot in the door with a job as a cashier in the, um, marketplace, inside, um, the beach club, uh, marketplace inside the Beach uh, Club marketplace inside the store there. And I told him, now that you got your foot in the door, Pops, it's up to you. You've got six to nine months to make a connection. Meet somebody who knows somebody who can help help you transfer over. And that's exactly what happened. Within nine months, he's transferred over. He works two days a week at the golf course, uh, the one by Shades of Green. And he's happy. He's extremely happy. Lou, your advice to talk to the cast members in the role is great advice. Find out how they got to the position they ended up at. And you might be surprised that some people may not have wanted the position they're in currently, and they fell in love with it. So, Stephen, good luck to you guys. If you're ever down, look me up. Everybody take care. Thanks, Lou. Great show.
6: Hi, Lou. This is Jamie Robbins-Longoria from the south suburbs of Chicago, Illinois, EOR 79 on the forums. I have been a longtime listener of the podcast, First Time Caller. I'm calling because I'm so excited. Today I am 40 days out for my Walt Disney World vacation. I'm going down with my daughter and my mom. And we will be celebrating my daughter's fifth birthday in my 32nd. I'm looking forward to sharing with them some of the secrets that I have learned from you. It's been about five years since I was last there, and I'm so excited to see the Hauna Mansion queue, Star Tours 2.0, Fantasyland construction, and I'm most excited about the reopening of the Tiki Room. Gonna miss you on this trip since we are gonna be out in California for D23, but I may try to catch some of the going on. In the box, if I can. I love the podcast and the live newscast. Keep up the great work. I love having a bit of Disney magic every week. I look forward to meeting you in the future. Take care. Bye. You got a friend in
5: me. Yeah.